Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Thanks so much, Billy, and welcome once again, my friends, to another Road to Rural Prosperity. Today, our podcast takes us to Tulsa, where we had the opportunity to sit down with the newest member of the Oklahoma Ag Hall of Fame. What a great gentleman he is. Dr. Barry Pollard, surgeon, agribusiness entrepreneur, and Angus cattle breeder. He's done it all. And along the way, he has blazed a trail of excellence for us all to marvel at. We'll have our conversation with Dr. Pollard here in just a few moments. Today, we're powered by the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center. They envision a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma. And we'll be back with Dr. Barry Pollard on today's edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity in just a few moments. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma. And their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Howdy, neighbors, and welcome back to The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. We're glad to be along with you today, and we are recording uh, at the 2020 Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association Convention, a meeting that's actually an in-person face-to-face, handshaking a group of uh, cowboys and cattlewomen uh, from across the state. Good attendance here in Tulsa at this particular meeting. And a very special feature of the opening general session was the presentation of the Governor's Award for Achievement in Agriculture. I think I got that that terminology right. And uh, what it means is uh, the uh, annual recipient is the newest member of the Oklahoma Ag Hall of Fame. Our 23rd annual uh, Oklahoma Ag Hall of Fame recipient is Dr. Barry Pollard from uh, from uh, the Wacomus area, uh, Enid area. Uh, Barry, congratulations and, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Ron. It's uh, certainly been an honor for me to be here and to receive the award, the honor. Um, it's sure a surprise. There are so many people deserving and uh, qualified and to be asked to uh, be this year's honoree was a surprise and uh, certainly something I'll cherish forever. Now, I tell you, there's some, some great guys that uh, are, are a part of that Hall of Fame, and uh, you're, you're a very deserving part of that, uh, of that particular unique group of individuals. Let, let's talk about, you know, you, you grew up on the farm, you said, right? Yes, uh, actually grew up 
near Marshall, Oklahoma, uh, when we were a ch- when I was a child. My dad uh, was a farmer at that time, and uh, he was out farming and for about seven years and he decided to go back to college and drove back and forth to Stillwater for four years to get a degree in vocational agriculture but uh, because of his need to be on the road and travel get his education my brother and I got an early start on learning how to milk cows and provide for the house and uh, get on the tractor at a young age and be responsible for a lot of the farming when we were just, you know, seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, as you grew up, uh, did you have the opportunity to do like FFA? Yes. Uh, my dad was an ag teacher, so obviously I was involved in 4-H <laughs> and FFA. I loved every minute of it. Had a great time. I had met great friends during that period of time that are uh-huh. still friends of mine today. We did some projects, learned how to inject uh, oranges to teach people how to give shots and uh, speech contest and uh, the the fairs and showing animals. I showed uh, pigs and sheep and cattle and uh, had a great time. Yeah. As you as you grew up, uh, I guess, what, what, what was high school? Hennessy High School. You were at Hennessy. Okay. Yep. So yep. as you graduated from Hennessy, uh, you decided to go to Stillwater. Yes, I did. And initially I was going to go to the, to veterinary school. That was my desire early on. Um, whenever I got to college, I was in farmhouse fraternity and had the opportunity to be in roommates, uh, with, uh, two guys. They're in vet school and another young man who had just been accepted into medical school and, uh, learning to see both sides of it and, uh, I eventually decided that I probably would want to be a large animal vet if I was going to be a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And I had already experienced a lot of that kind of work as a, in school. So I, I, it led me into the path of medical people medicine. Yeah. And so I went to OU Medical School and, uh, while there, uh, got interested in neurosurgery. Uh, and decided to do a neurosurgery residency, which was a five-year residency. And uh, upon completion of that, I really wanted to get back to my roots. Um, I had the opportunity to stay in Oklahoma City with several large groups of neurosurgeons down there. Enid had never had a neurosurgeon. I knew it would be a tough schedule and a grind being by myself, but I really wanted to live my adult life in rural America and... Um, and I also wanted to take care of rural America people. I right. Mean, there's salt of our country. And um, as I said a moment ago to the crowd, I have always cherished the responsibility that I was taught as a child. Uh, it's, a, it's a characteristic that served me well through the years, learning to be responsible and to be dedicated, take care of the animals, take care of the ground, taking care of the farming operation. Those qualities are... The, the kind of qualities most of the people I take care of out in rural America. They're the kind of qualities I wanted to teach my children, and I'm so proud to say that I now see my children teaching those same qualities in their children. Wow, that's good. You know, I for, I guess a couple kind of questions come to mind. You think about the medical side of things. Uh, what is a neurosurgeon? What does a neurosurgeon do? Neurosurgery is a surgery of the brain and spine and the nervous system. Um you can almost liken it to a cardiologist versus a cardiovascular surgeon. There are neurologists who diagnose the medical illnesses of neurology, and then surgeons like me who operate on brain, brain tumors, aneurysms, uh, a lot of spine surgery, a lot of disc surgery, a lot of surgery for broken backs and broken necks, and uh, 
arm pain, leg pain, all those things that affect those people that are out there in our communities that do a lot of hard work. Of course, the other thing that kind of you know jumps out is you talked about the decision to stay in a smaller uh, community, a, a you know a good sized rural community, but rural Oklahoma most certainly in Enid. Uh, the challenges of keeping rural medicine viable. I know yes. that you you've uh, kind of fought that fight. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's been a challenge for years, and it's even more challenging today than ever before. Um, we have a large community we serve from Enid. Our reach goes out to the Oklahoma Panhandle, the Texas Panhandle. I see people from southern Kansas all the way down to Oklahoma City and Kingfisher area. So there's a large population base out there that is needing continued medical care. And it is becoming a struggle to find physicians who want to go out and practice in rural Oklahoma. Right. And so the, I guess that, that's, uh, going to be more and more a struggle as we yeah. try to balance, uh, the needs of these, uh, folks that are out in the rural areas, these, these less populated areas with the quality of care that they, uh, they need and deserve. That's correct. I mean, one thing that I did in, uh, at Oklahoma State University, I was on the, um, the foundation of Oklahoma State University and I decided that I had people tell me though know, that they're their child or relative wanted to go to medical school, and they were advised to go to um, OU for undergraduate work. And I felt, you know, that really wasn't necessary. You could go to Oklahoma State and get your background, and then you can go to a professional school, medical school at OSU or at OU in Oklahoma City. Uh, so in an effort to try to get kids back to rural Oklahoma, I came up with the idea of providing scholarship money to high school graduates if they chose to go to Oklahoma State and pursue a career in medicine, whether it be nursing or veterinary medicine, uh, doctoring or some related dentistry, any field like that. So we were able to, I think the last tally, we've got about 3.7 million. Maybe it's a little more now than wow. that now that, that, um, that we've been able to gather up from donations and pledges from people to help kids go to Oklahoma State who want to go to a career in medicine. My feeling was that we, Oklahoma State gets kids from every county in this country and uh, in, in our state, and it's hard to get a person who's grown up in urban America to move to rural America, but it's a lot easier to get rural kids who want mm-hmm. to go back to rural America. So if we can train them as medical care people, they're more likely to go back to their communities and help out. So that's been one thing I've tried to do, and there needs to be a lot more done. We're talking with uh, Dr. Barry Pollard, our newest uh, Oklahoma Ag Hall of Fame recipient for 2020, given uh, by Governor Kevin Stitt and Ag Secretary Blaine Arthur. Uh, they, uh, Secretary Arthur had to be here virtually uh, because of some COVID issues uh, here at this OCA meeting, but uh, we're glad to have uh, Dr. Pollard here live and in person with us today. Uh Dr. Pollard, you know, I, I, I guess what, somewhere along the way, you decided to get a little bit of a business venture going uh, in the world of agricultural equipment. That's how, right. did, how did P&K come about? Well, our local John Deere dealer in Kingfisher, when I was a child, was into a situation where they wanted to make a change. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I'd been out in practice a couple of years, and so it seemed to me to be a good move to try to get into the farm machinery business. That would be something I would have desired to do growing up 
in that environment. And my father introduced me to a gentleman by the name of Wendell Kirtley, who was with Alice Chalmer and the Johnson Company at that time, Kingfisher. And uh, I met Wendell, and we came together and bought the dealership in Kingfisher, which was a John Deere dealership. And it's been called P&K for Pollard and Kirtley at the time. And uh, we grew that into a two-store unit when we purchased the Enid location several years later. After that, Wendell retired. Uh, I hired Scott Eisenhower to come on board as my general manager. And uh, Drew Combs is one of my partners. And uh, through the years, we have been able to grow from those two stores to there are now 16 stores in Oklahoma. Then we also have the store in Springdale, Arkansas, and uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, as well as nine stores in Iowa, including Waterloo and uh, in the Quad Cities area. And uh, so up there at this time, my son is kind of overseeing those stores for us right now. So we've we've grown a lot. We've got almost 700 employees. We have a great, great men and women in our organization that provide service and that has always been my focus in the dealership is that we provide excellent service to our customers same thing in my neurosurgery practice Mm -hmm. same thing in the cattle business it's all about providing service and being there when they need you 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 kind of caught the front end of the wave as you got into the equipment business you were able to be one of those that i don't know you call survivors or or i mean the the consolidation of uh of these uh, farm equipment dealerships uh it's it's across across the united states it's happened everywhere right yes uh years ago john deere made the decision that they felt like dealerships needed to get larger the main focus, I think, was because they knew of the technology that was coming down the pike, and they knew that to be able to afford that technology and have skilled mechanics to handle that technology, that you needed to be a larger store mm-hmm. in order to provide that service and to ha- be able to hire those people to do that. And so they urged us to either merge or get in or get out, and, and I decided I wanted to grow. We had an excellent team of people. And uh, we had an opportunity to grow, and it's been a it's been a real ride. Now we've we've talked about uh, kind of two legs of the of the uh, three legged stool that you're kind of got uh, a lot of your professional career involved in, and we do want to talk about the uh, the Angus side of things here in a moment. We're talking with Dr. Barry Pollard, Oklahoma Ag Hall of Fame recipient for 2020, and we'll continue on the road to rural prosperity with Dr. Pollard here in just a few moments. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma, and their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. On the road to rural prosperity. Howdy, neighbors. Ron Hayes with you as we're reporting today on the road 
uh, right where the mother road is, uh, Route 66, just uh, down the way a little ways here at the uh, Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association Convention and Trade Show. Uh, we're talking with the Oklahoma Ag Hall of Fame recipient for 2020, Dr. Barry Pollard, who was uh, given that honor today uh, at the OCA convention. Dr. Pollard, one of your one of your areas is that neurosurgery area. I'm sure you've heard the joke more than once. Uh, it, it's not it's not brain surgery. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it's it's it's. There's several good jokes along those lines. But, uh, yes, uh, we, we could probably do a whole program with just about that. It's but, it's almost rocket science, but not quite. <laughs> Let's let's talk about uh, something that is rapidly becoming uh, maybe as almost as complicated as rocket science and brain surgery, and that's the cattle business, oh, yeah. purebred seed stock cattle business. How you know? Tell me about the origins of your Angus herd and the beginnings of Pollard Pollard Farms. Well, for years and years, I purchased stalker calves and ran them on wheat pasture and. Fed a lot of them out through the feed lots, and I enjoyed that. But with my background in medicine and genetics, I really became interested in how could I design better cattle. And so that led me into thinking about getting into the purebred business where I could use what genetic abilities I might have in the mating process to try to provide an opportunity to build animals, to create animals that are better marbled, better, better ribeyed, uh, grow well have good health, and so I uh, I knew of a gentleman named Eddie Sims who's been in the purebed business for many years, and no, Eddie I called well. Eddie, and Eddie uh, was uh, very helpful to me to get started in buying some good Hereford and good Angus genetics and has been a friend of mine and been an ally through the years. I've relied on him a lot, and his family uh, has has been in the cattle forever. Now, Matt, his son, is helping me mm-hmm. out as well. Right. So that's the reason I got into it was the desire to do something more interesting that I could put my hands on, that I could label as something I had something to do with, and that's creating better animals. Mm-hmm. Now, you uh, you got in what uh – what, in the 80s, approximately, as far as the cattle business? Right. This this year will be our 24th consecutive uh, production sale. Uh, we sell approximately 300 Angus bulls uh, yearly on their farm. We have a bull sale in uh, March and a production sale every September. Uh, the animals out of production sale will go to 20 to 30 different states for wow. people uh, to use as breeding stock. These are not butcher animals. These are animals that are purchased to try to raise high-quality offspring out of. You started about the time that we had EPDs come on the scene, the expected progeny differences. That's right. And that was a great improvement in allowing us to be able to actually measure the performance of an animal from his birth weight to his weaning weight, yearling weight, marbling ability, ribeye, growth potential, and a number of other things. And since the development of EPDs, we've now gotten in further into the genetics of the animal with being able to do 50,000 genomic analysis and being able to use the actual genetic loci that can be identified uh, with those tests to help do the matings and try to improve the animals. When you think about the cattle business compared to the time you had that first couple of sales that you had to today, it's uh, changed dramatically. Oh, my. We used to have the first sale was outside in a tent, and uh, the heat <laughs> would be bad. We had a rainstorm one time. I thought the tent was going to cave in, and now we progressed to a modern indoor air-conditioned facility there at the ranch. 
So, Tanya, as far as uh, the, uh, I guess, maybe the things that you're proudest of, of, of the Angus herd, what, what really, you know, jumps out at you? Oh, I think that the ability to, to do, to, to actually see the, the fruits of your, of your process, to actually see the animals that you can help create and design mm-hmm. and see them grow and then be able to transfer those to other people for their use as well. Know that, uh, you know, when we start thinking about the various things that you have been engaged with, the surgery profession, the uh, uh, P&K equipment, that, that particular endeavor that's grown and grown and grown, and, of course, the cattle business as well, the Pollard Farms. It was, it was mentioned more than once in the presentation for the Ag Hall of Fame Award, uh, your commitment to give back to youth. You mentioned this, uh, this scholarship program, but you've also invested a lot of dollars, especially through P&K, back into the agricultural youth of, of Oklahoma. Yes, we have, and uh, we will continue to do so. Those kids are our future, uh, providing them um, the opportunity to grow and develop in the field of agriculture is very essential to all of us. Mm-hmm. We are big supporters in the premium sales of the youth. We uh, provide scholarships at Oklahoma State University. We have internships at Okmulgee for diesel mechanics. Uh, through my association with the foundation, we've got some other things going on. We've... Uh, um, been actively involved in a number of projects with some of the professors at Oklahoma State. Um, Dr. Norwood, Professor Norwood is here today. Mm-hmm. He carries the professorship that we provided, and he is an outstanding teacher of students and a uh, pleasure to sit in on some of his classes. Um, it's just been really great to be able to associate ourselves with anything that could help with the development of the youth. And PNK's uh, not only interested in the youth, we're interested in our people being involved in their community in every way possible. One of the reasons we uh, we started this podcast is a set of conversations that we've had uh, really since uh, uh, middle part of, of, of 2019 now. We wanted to try to explore that concept that the governor advanced during his campaign to, to, to Oklahoma to become a top 10 state. We are obviously in some areas. We're a major cattle state. We're a major wheat production state. Uh, big, obviously, in the Enid area in both in both cases. But uh, what what is you know what what does it mean to you to try to become top ten as far as Oklahoma is concerned? Well, I think it means that we're providing the educational opportunities for kids to be able to achieve their dreams and try to keep them in the state mm-hmm. to fulfill those dreams as they grow. Um, I think that we lose a lot of talent out of state. Uh, we have excellent universities here. Uh, growing the business of agriculture in the state is, I think, extremely important for us to be able to continue to recruit those people back to our state that have left and recruit people from out of the state that uh, can find an opportunity here. So I think trying to develop other business opportunities in the field of agriculture in Oklahoma is essential. Seems like that uh, we're hearing reports because of COVID-19, folks are looking at the big cities, major metropolitan areas, and saying, mm, maybe I don't want to still really raise my family here, maybe a smaller population area. Does that does that give us an opportunity, you think? Well, it, it may. Uh, there will be people that um, that move out of the big cities. We're seeing that across the nation. Uh, I'm not sure many of them are going to come to Oklahoma, but maybe some people might be moving out of the uh, more intense 
populated st- portions of our state and become large property owners, we call them, or people that own 10 or 15 acres that mm-hmm. want to put up their own garden and raise their own fruits and vegetables and maybe have an animal or two around that uh, they treat. So um, I think that will be something you'll see more of. Yes. Okay. Dr. Pollard, thank you so much. Uh, Barry Pollard has been with us today. Our our latest, our most recent 2020 Oklahoma Ag Hall of Fame recipient, 23rd such recipient uh, since the uh, the, uh, program, the Hall of Fame Award was first announced, uh, what, over two decades ago now. And, uh, Dr. Pollard, thank you so much for for your time today, and congratulations. Thank you very much, Ron. And tell tell Tim West I said hello. I'll do that. All right. And I'll I'll relate the uh, the story that you shared with me earlier. They're off the microphone, All for right. sure. Thank you very much. Uh, we, we've been on the road here, on the road to rural prosperity today. We're in Tulsa. I'm Ron Hayes on the road. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.